You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Until now, we've been talking about cooking and cooking in different ways. But we're going to introduce now a completely new concept, one that we haven't encountered so far in the Mishnah, although the Mishnah clearly sort of is conscious of this from way back. It's not introducing halachot necessarily in a systematic way in the way we'd understand them. But this concept is new in terms of the progress so far in the tractate. And that's the concept of whether something is prepared or not. If it's prepared for use on Shabbat, we can use it on Shabbat. And if it's something that is not suitable for use on Shabbat, we don't pick it up and move it. Even if, in principle, there's no uh, there's no creative work involved. In other words, if there may not be a, a prohibition on moving it, but we don't move it because it's not ready for use on Shabbat. And the Mishnah is going to introduce this idea with the idea of something that we we put underneath a lamp to catch the oil. So we've got an oil lamp. We've seen the pictures of the oil lamps. And we're going to put something underneath it to catch the oil. And the Mishnah says, We're not going to put a vessel under a lamp to catch the oil. Certainly not while Shabbat is going on, because we're going to disturb the lamp. And we're going to change the status of that lamp. But the Mishnah continues, for even not normi mutar, we can put that thing, we can put that vessel underneath the lamp before Shabbat's come in. So we're not going to disturb the lamp. We're not going to disturb, we're not going to move a burning lamp while Shabbat's going on. But we might disturb it before Shabbat comes in and place something underneath it to catch the drips. And remember, we're talking about earthenware light, earthenware earthenware utensils in the time of the Mishnah. So it's very likely that an earthenware vessel is going to drip somewhat. You know, nowadays, if you filled an earthenware vessel with water or oil, something would just drip out of the bottom of it. But, and there's a but, so we can put this catcher underneath the lamp before Shabbat. But we don't benefit from that oil. Because it isn't prepared. So we're putting this catcher under the lamp before Shabbat comes in. But the oil in that lamp was designated for burning. It wasn't designated for anything else. It wasn't designated for eating or for anointing or for, well, anything else you might use oil for on Shabbat. It was designated for burning. So even if that oil drips into the catcher, we're not going to use it for something different on Shabbat. It's prepared for burning. And along the same lines, the Mishnah says, We can handle a new lamp. This refers to a lamp that's never been used. You've got a, um, um, a, a clay lamp that's never been used as a lamp before. It's not really, it hasn't been, you could say it's not been initiated as a lamp. It's just a piece of earthenware. You can handle that on Shabbat. Avalo yashan, not an old one, not one that's already been initiated as a lamp, because we know 
We know we can't light a lamp on Shabbat if it's already lit. It's burning, but we're not going to light a lamp on Shabbat. And so we wouldn't handle a lamp whose only purpose is to become lit. Rabbi Shimon will disagree, by the way. Rabbi Shimon says, You can handle any lamp except a lamp that actually is burning on Shabbat. So he'd say, look, if it's burning, you wouldn't handle it actually in case you put it out. And the... And, and the Mishnah goes on to say, You could put a vessel underneath the lamp to catch sparks. This was a question that uh, one, of the, one of the members raised just a few weeks ago. Do we protect against fire on Shabbat? And the Mishnah is going to address this specifically. We do put a container underneath a lamp to catch sparks. But, and there's a but, we're not going to put water into that container because we're not going to extinguish the sparks. Extinguishing again is an act of, um, extinguishing is an act of, well, it's an act of creation. It's a malacha, even though it's, it's more destruction than creation. Extinguishing is an act of creation. We're not going to do that on Shabbat, but we are going to protect. And that is the end of the third chapter the chapter that deals with um, the use of fire, really, to protect um, to protect food, to, to keep food warm on Shabbat. In some ways, you could think of it almost as an end to the second chapter to Bameh Madlikin. And now, the Mishnah is going to refer back, actually, to Bameh Madlikin. Remember the beginning of the second chapter. There's a whole list of things we don't we we don't like with. That was the second chapter, and now as we start the fourth chapter, we're going to start in the same way. With what may one cover and with what may one not cover? So we're going to go through exactly the same kind of list that we went through at the beginning of the second chapter. But now we're talking about covering. And the covering here is covering hot food. There's a whole list of things we're not going to cover with. Not in peat or in compost or in salt or in lime or in sand, whether moist or dry. And the rabbis have some idea and I cannot connect this, by the way, to my modern understanding of physics, but it's clear, according to the physics that, that ran in the Talmud, the effect of covering up a pot in these materials was to increase its heat. And we don't really understand that now. We, I mean, we know that salt can, can um, produce a chemical reaction which is similar to cooking. So it's possible to cook with salt. But we can't increase heat with salt, at least not in our, in, not in the physics that we study today. But in the physics of the, of the Talmud, absolutely, you could increase heat by surrounding something in salt or lime or sand. And we don't do that. And then similarly, not in, in um, straw or grape skins or rags or grasses when they're moist, but we can cover in them when we're dry, when they're dry. And we can cover, by the way, in other kinds of things. So in garments, 
in um, perot, in just, uh, you know, uh, perot fruits or produce, in dove's wings, in carpenter's sawdust, in chips of flax. Rabbi Yudaf forbids in fine chips, but but permit, permits in coarse flax. There are some kind of things we can cover with and some we can't. And the Mishnah then goes on to go back to this question of what is prepared and what is not prepared. So he says, the Mishnah says, she says actually, Tomnim bishlachin umutaltalin otam. We can cover up with hides. So we've got our, our pot of stew. I'm going to cover it up with hides. Umutaltalin otam. And then we can take them off. There's no problem about mukta. There's no problem about designation if we take off the hide. Because there's a purpose for a hide on Shabbat. We can cover ourselves up on it or we can sit on it. We can use it as a carpet or a bedspread or as a, a cover for a sofa. We can do something with a hide on Shabbat and that means we're allowed to move it away from the pot that it's covering up. But, we can cover up with wood, with wool shearings, but we can't move them. We can't move them because just like the oil that is designated for burning, there's not much you can do with wool shearings on Shabbat other than basically make a woolen garment. And we know we're not going to make, we know we cannot make a woolen garment on Shabbat because that really is creative activity. So the wool shearings, just like the lamp or the oil from the lamp, become muktza, they become forbidden to move on Shabbat because they've got no designated purpose on Shabbat. And the Mishnah seems to recognize that this is a problem because the rabbis will now tell us how to get round the problem. Clearly, we're, we are allowed in principle to cover up in wool shearings. It must be a great way, by the way, to keep a pot warm. But how are we going to get round the problem of taking them off again? Okay, so what are we going to do? First, first answer. Keitzatu will say, what are we going to do? First answer is, What if we just lift the lid off the pot and the wool shearings just fall off? Maybe back into some box. Maybe we imagine that the, the pot is in some hot box and the wool shearings are all around it, keeping it nice and warm. In um, old English cookery books, they talked about cooking in a straw box. You'd, you'd cook it, you'd, you'd heat up your pot, you'd put it in a box filled with straw. And it would cook away with the stored heat for a number of hours. So that's what we can visualize. This pot is in a box and it's got the wool around it. We're going to take the lid up and all the wood's going to fall off. That's suggestion one. Let's go to Rabbi Elazar ben Azar. He's got a different way of doing it. Kupa. Kupa mata al tzida. Let's take the box and let's tilt it on its side. So maybe we can we can get in somehow from the side. Venotel, and we can take. We can take. Whether he's referring to taking the box out, or whether he's referring to taking. Sorry, whether he's referring to taking the pot out or whether he's referring to taking food out of the pot is not quite clear. But we're going to take something out of the box from the side. We're going to do that because 
if we just lifted out the pot from the top, maybe the wool shearings would just fill the whole thing and we wouldn't be able to get back in again without clearing them away. And we're not going to clear them away on Shabbat. And the rabbis say, actually, we've got an easier way around it. You can actually take and you can put back. The sages are not so anxious about sort of shifting these wool shearings about as we put the pot back. We've got to do this while it's light. If we didn't cover it while it was daytime on Erev Shabbat, we can't cover it after nightfall because covering is going to, what we will find is a creative activity just like cooking. We can't cover a pot after Shabbat has come in. And if it was covered, if it is covered actually when Shabbat comes in and, and the cover's taken away, then we can put the cover back and we have the sense of that already from the Mishnah. And finally, you can fill it, we can fill a jug and place it under a pillow or a blanket. And the, this f- final part of the Mishnah seems almost incomprehensible. Why are we talking about filling a jug and placing it under a pillow or blanket? And the Gemara explains, I brought the Gemara just in your source sheet, that we seem to be hearing, we seem to be talking here about cold food, not hot food. We're saying, look, you can put cold food under a pillow or blanket in a way that you wouldn't put hot food. That is the end of the fourth chapter. Tomorrow we'll move away from the story of food and we're going to get back into carrying. As you remember, we began the tractate with carrying. The issue of carrying was the first issue which was mentioned in the tractate of Shabbat. Tomorrow in the fifth chapter, we're going to go back to carrying. And in fact, we're going to find that the Mishnah will talk about carrying, I think, for three or four chapters. Different kinds of things that we can carry in carry out that is a subject for tomorrow and for a number of weeks thank you for listening to this edition of the daily mishnah podcast with benedict